Welcome to Medium Cool Bonus Content. I'm your host, Austin Glidden, and as always, you can find us on social media at Medium Cool Pod on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. You can also email us at mediumcoolpod at gmail.com. This is just some quick bonus content. I had the opportunity to see the Showtime four-part miniseries, We Need to Talk About Cosby. comes out on Sunday, January 30th. And uh, I wanted to make sure that I got this bonus content out before it comes out so that you can anticipate uh, W. Kamau Bell's new, it's basically a film. He actually calls it at one point, uh, you know, I need to finish this film in the movie. Uh, But it is a four-part miniseries, and uh, I just wanted to get out some thoughts here, okay? So think of this more as almost a reaction, because I literally just finished part four. I believe on January 30th, part one comes out. So if I had to guess, it's going to be a weekly thing for four weeks. But yeah, so uh, I I got an opportunity to see this. We we were sent a screener. And uh, the first thing I thought was, what is this going to be? Before I watched it, I was thinking, is this going, because I didn't read anything about it either. I saw that some people had already reviewed it and things. But I thought, is this going to be like an OJ Made in America thing where like uh, it tells us like all of the great things that he did prior to kind of what made him a villain, you know? And then by the end, uh, you know, is it going to kind of disclose everything and kind of brilliantly spin, spin the story so that you kind of like follow along with it. It just like pulls you along. I think OJ made in America is perfect. Okay. And so uh, this this miniseries actually felt a little long for me. I wonder what watching it weekly will be like. So you Showtime subscribers, uh, whether you have the streaming service or, uh, you know, you get to watch it on uh, through a television package or something, uh, please feel free to hit us up at Medium Cool Pod on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Let me know uh, how this works if you watch this. I watched all four with over the course of two days. And, uh, yeah, I, I just, there was one part that I felt could have been consolidated into other episodes, but I say that just to say this, I actually still think this is quite good. And I ended up giving this a a four out of five as, as the whole thing. Um, this is, this is good for a few reasons. This is not OJ made in America. It is, uh, it will never be that perfect. Uh, I think, like I said, this could have been three episodes. I think OJ made in America. I watched the one that was like seven uh, it was released in different ways, you know, um, because essentially it was one long documentary that they put into parts depending on what the streaming service was. So I watched it on Hulu, and at the time they had seven parts. And I think later someone watched it and they had five or something. Or maybe I watched it on ESPN. I can't remember. But the point is, uh, this could have been a little bit shorter. But it's not OJ Made in America because though it does uh, similar things, and not that it needs to be. Please don't misunderstand me. But, uh, you know, though it does similar things, this is very interesting because it really digs into culture. So, you know, I'm, I'm going to get away from the comparisons to OJ Made in America because they really shouldn't be there. You know, I, I, I'm watching this show, and and the, the first episode tells us uh, all about Bill Cosby when he starts out. And the entire history of Bill Cosby across all four episodes is seen through the lens of Cosby as a, race, a rapist. Because he did rape something like 60-odd women, you know what I mean? Uh, and uh, it's it's over the course of like 50 years or however long it was. And, it, and it's, it's a wild story. So you have all of these people, some of which were survivors of that assault, some of which were just people who worked with him during the times that these assaults were supposed to have taken place. All of these issues. And you have these people, these talking heads, talking about Bill Cosby and all of this footage and, and different things. And, uh, you know, it really felt like 
like Cosby was uh, this just like really awesome dude in the 60s. So he was on the Jack Parr show and I think 1964, if I remember correctly. And at that time, he was basically a black comic whenever there weren't very many black comics being taken seriously. There were a couple. And uh, but Bill Cosby kind of really re- got the white crowd to respond to him. And and so this much like the OJ thing, again, not to make the comparison, but honestly, the OJ made in America thing was kind of similar. Like he had like he, uh, in the in that they actually kind of talk about how he was kind of like a black man who lived a white life almost. And that's almost kind of how Cosby was. Until it got into about the 70s or so. And you start, you know, after all of the assassinations in the 60s. And, you know, now we're in Vietnam. And there's all of this, you know, uh, we're into segre- or we're into the uh, ending of segregation. And we are fully in an integrated society. And uh, Cosby kind of starts to get into this cultural uh, side uh, where he is, you know, trying to educate uh, the black community and especially the children and he becomes this like kind of hero and what I love about it starting this way is uh, and I wish it I honestly personally wish it kind of would have kept the uh, the rapist part out of it at this point because I, I recognize that it may have seemed like a praise piece but I think much like OJ made in America uh, I think it's important for us like me who was not alive in the 60s and 70s to see what people saw of him then. Uh, we do get that, but it's, again, it's all kind of framed in this, like, he's a rapist thing, which I, I don't mean to uh, belittle or kind of, like, overlook, like, he was a rapist and it was awful. But uh, I almost wish the film would have just focused on how society saw him and how big of kind of a, uh, how much of a titan he was for the black community and what he was getting done in the entertainment industry and in comedy. So, uh, you know, uh, whenever we get to the Cosby show, this was my favorite era of stuff, because I think once we get to the Cosby show and you explain what the Cosby show did, you know, I think during that portion is whenever we should really be getting hit over the head. Like, hey, there were a lot of accusations up to this point. He may not have been, you know, everyone's dad. You know what I mean? Like like uh, the father of America or whatever they call him, you know, and so. You know, it goes through to the trial that happened recently and all of those things. I mean, this thing goes all the way to current. And it's a really great piece to kind of give an overview of what happened with Cosby. Um, I mean, personally, I think sometimes uh, early on, people go a bit too far drawing parallels between things from, um, you know, shows that he was a part of or, 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 or live performances he had and his real life. I think sometimes it's easy for us to look back in retrospect and say, oh, yeah, he did that thing because he used to drug women and, you know, rape them. Uh, so he made this joke and it's like a joke hinting toward that. I mean, maybe it's some of his real life coming seeping into his humor, but I can't imagine him like doing that on purpose. And uh, I don't know. Sometimes I feel like those are kind of conclusions people jump to in retrospect. Uh, but uh, the point is, it is weird for sure. <laughs> like those moments are weird. There's a whole point where he's talking about basically like, uh, I forget what the Spanish fly and Spanish fly was this like drug that you basically people would kind of like joke about or whatever. And you could get women to do whatever you want if they take it or whatever. And there's a point where he's just like straight up joking about this. Uh, not the women part, but the Spanish fly is just like, he has this whole bit about it and stuff. 
And that is weird in retrospect. I could see people watching it then and just not thinking much of it because he's being ridiculous. But uh, yeah, it is extremely problematic now. And it's just one of those things where it's really hard to look at objectively in retrospect. And I wish the film would have kind of forced you to see it that way. Um, again, much like OJ Made in America. I don't want them to be the same thing. They're two different people. They need to be their own thing. But I just love the approach that OJ Made in America took to kind of shift your view into kind of a cult, like the society's view at the time, to help you kind of experience this in real time, even though we're watching in retrospect. And and I, I feel like this film was like hyper-focused on how terrible Bill Cosby is um, versus all of the other things they're talking about, but kind of overshadowing with that. I don't know if any of this is making sense here. Again, this is kind of a reaction thing. I feel like I'm also talking negatively. I'm pretty high on this, actually. And despite thinking that some people draw too far too many parallels between like certain things that he did in his stand-up and his shows to his real life, much like it's like looking at Manhattan, uh, Woody Allen's film Manhattan, and then uh, in that movie, Woody Allen's Isaac dates a 17-year-old girl, which is weird. Um, it's weird in general, uh, but it's also weird because in retrospect, you look at his life and it's just like, ugh, like it's just, just kind of cringy. I mean, I love that movie, but it's like, that's very cringy. It's like something I can't not see now. And so, uh, you know, but it doesn't necessarily, you know, intrinsically tie his life to his film. You know what I'm saying? It's just something in retrospect we can look at and just go, oh, that's 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 yucky now. And there's a lot of that in the in the Cosby thing. But here's the thing, though. The best parts of this are his early life. I love all of like the pretty much episode one. I think it's really great. And then whenever you get to the Cosby show era, which is like episode three. And I think these are really powerful because they really do show the side of Cosby that all of us in America, including myself, including, you know, I remember my stepmom, whenever all this happened, was just like, I just can't believe he would do this. And it's because of pretty much episode three, like the person he had become up to that point, the person that was teaching people their, you know, essentially helping people frame their own ethical and moral compass. Uh, this guy was like the person teaching you these kind of great lessons. And he was a complete heel. I mean, he was a monster. And so uh, those episodes are like really powerful to me. I think you should definitely check it out. Uh, like I said, two, I think could have been consolidated. It's not that it's not important. It is. Um, it's just I, it feels a little padded. All right. Um, but uh, yeah. And, and it's also awesome to remember how important Cliff Huxtable was. <laughs> In my notes, it says Cliff, Cliff Huxtable is so important. Cosby can eat a dick. Um, but like Cliff Huxtable is the person we should like, you know, because <laughs> like as a, as a character, he did like that show in general did so much. And the offshoots of that show did so much for black, the black community and exposure and representation of black and black and brown bodies, you know. That's like so important. So what we get with this is like you start to see the importance of the Cosby show on society. And it's not just for black folks. It was also like hugely popular with white folks. So there was a point where they drop a staggering statistic and they say, you know, the highest watched or whatever, like the 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 episode of the Cosby show with the highest rating. Or, or the the most amount of people watching is what I'm trying to get at. 64 million people watched this episode of The Cosby Show. Now, if you look back at the number one show, um, you know, 10, 15 years, 10 years ago or so, 
The Big Bang Theory, the most watched episode of that still brought in like 21 million people. All right, it's like a third. So this show was huge. And I'm sure there were more people watching shows like this and watching television in general. So like there are a lot of reasons for that. But the important thing to know is regardless for the reasons, 64 million people were being influenced by this individual. And so you have, uh, you know, Cliff Huxtable doing his thing. Um, but I also learned in this documentary, I had no idea Bill Cosby's son was murdered. What the hell? How did I not know this? They talk about that. They talk about how Cosby kind of changed through that experience. That's really interesting. The it, It's also so interesting to hear how early the rape scandals kind of started and, and, you know, how early in his career he was raping people. I mean, I, I hate to talk about it that way, and I don't mean to laugh. I just don't know how to talk about it. Like, it's... I had no idea he was doing this so far back. I thought this was more of a like during the Cosby show era thing. I actually didn't look a lot into the Cosby cases. I just believed the women and thought he was garbage, you know, <laughs> and uh, but like like getting this information was actually like really interesting and it helped kind of put it in perspective. So I really appreciated that. And, you know, I'm I'm there's a point where I thought the doc was going to go into that. Should we separate the art from the artist? kind of area, which we did an entire show on. I can't remember the exact uh, episode, but you better believe I'm just going to have to look it up. Luckily, they never go there. There's a point where they actually pretty much ask that question, <laughs> um, but it never gets answered. And I really appreciate that the show doesn't go there either. I don't think that's the purpose of the show. I don't think that's the point of the show. And I think that could draw a lot of unnecessary... Uh, it, it could be more of a distraction to have that conversation involved because I can also tell that not every talking head there would have had the same response. So it kind of would have just been this like weird tacked on thing. Luckily, they did not do that, and I'm happy to say that they didn't. Um, but yeah, episode 28, we did Separating the Art from the Artist with Annie Hall. Uh, so if you want to go hear my thoughts and, and Joe's as well, we talk about that uh, that concept there. But yeah, I'm glad the doc didn't go there. And there, there's a great line in this doc, and I'm not going to quote it verbatim, but I'm just going to kind of paraphrase this. I think it's important that we learn about what Cosby meant to not only the black community, but to kind of entertainment and and people at large, especially during like the boom of his career, before he got like super old white Republican talking point guy, you know, <laughs> like um, when he was like like America's dad, you know. I think it's really important for us to understand that, like, you don't have to throw the baby out with the bathwater. That the lessons and the concepts that Cliff Huxtable taught you, or that Bill Cosby taught you in the '70s when he was doing like educational programming for children and and teenagers, these things can still be good. And these lessons, just because they are taught to us by essentially a hypocrite. And a rapist does not mean that those lessons are bad. We should definitely focus on, you know, accepting the good things taught to us by Cliff Huxtable so that we can end the bad Cosbys in our society. And I thought that was like such an interesting lesson. You know, we can actually use these lessons we learned from Bill Cosby. You know, the quote unquote good Bill Cosby, you know, the 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 public face 
and we can learn, we can take those early lessons that he that he taught uh, many of us. And even if he didn't teach us directly, even if you're too young or or or, or um, didn't watch the Cosby Show, many of our parents did, and those people might have actually been ingrained with this incredibly influential character. And so what I love about this this show is it it does show you all of these good parts, uh, uh, these good things that Cosby did, so that we can remember those, and we can take those, and we can say, you know what, those were good. But we need to end people like the bad Cosby, the real Cosby, the guy who raped all of these women, the guy who did it premeditated, who gave them pills and then sexually assaulted them. That guy needs to be ended with the good things that his earlier public persona taught us. And I love that concept. As soon as that was talked about, which it is at a certain point, you should watch the show to see. But when they talk about that briefly, I just thought that that line and that kind of concept was so wonderful because, again, I am not one to toss the baby out with the bathwater. I actually hate that concept. I think it's really stupid. I think it's um, a super black and white way of looking at things, uh, you know, in a completely grayscale world. And so whenever we throw the baby out with the bathwater, we're actually losing really important lessons that could shape our lives. I'm sure that Woody Allen or Roman Polanski or Kevin Spacey or, you know, um, what did I just forget his name? Uh, uh, Louis C.K. or any any person, you know, um, oh, what's the other guy? Uh, Miramax guy, uh, Harvey Weinstein. I'm sure all of these people have said something that could change our lives in some way. A really good lesson that we could learn. I remember in my comm class, uh, it wasn't me, but uh, my boss at the time, she would actually have quotes and she'd pull them up and then she would have people use these things called eye clickers, which were these uh, anonymous devices where you could like vote anonymously, I mean. And you could, you know, she'd say, is this good? Is this bad? Blah, 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 you know, or she would sometimes just like open it up to this huge large lecture and just be like, raise your hand. Like anybody think they knew who said this? And uh, I remember one of them was Hitler. But it was like a really good thing. Like we could all get behind this line because it had nothing to do uh, with racial cleansing or genocide or the Nazi party. This was just kind of a general thing that like most people could live by because I guarantee there's something that really terrible people have said that we can agree with, right? And we used to use that to show, you know, uh, like how language can be changed based on on the... Uh, the the person saying it and and uh, the whole baby with the bathwater thing and so I I love that this kind of shows like hey if you grew up with Cosby and you kind of framed your moral your morals and ethical uh, aspects of your life through this show because this was a representation of you whether you're black or if you're white it's a representation maybe of of how you think or, or what you want to be. If you aspire to be the Cosby family, if you aspire to be someone like Cliff Huxtable, then you can take those lessons and be a better person. Just be a better person than Bill Cosby. Uh, this show is uh, really, like I said, it's a really interesting show. I actually had a really good time with it. Showtime did a good job here as well as uh, Kumal Bell. Um, it's still up in the air whether we're going to get an email or an email, uh, an interview with Kamal. Uh, I kind of put this off and made it bonus content in case we were going to get that interview. 
Um, but we'll see if it, if it happens. Even if it doesn't, though, you should definitely go check this out. It will be on Showtime airing January 30th. Again, I'm pretty sure that is just the first episode. Uh, but you should definitely watch it and, and catch up with this because, um, you know, it, it's just a really current important thing that we need to be kind of thinking at about and looking at because currently Cosby's out of prison. Now, on a personal level, I'm not about prisons, okay? <laughs> but he was released for bullshit reasons. So I think it's like really important for us to like watch things like this and kind of keep these things framed in the way, uh, in reality, basically, in the way that they should be. And um, I just think this is a, a pretty powerful miniseries. Again, it's I don't think it's perfect, but it's, I think, something that is important. And so definitely go check that out. This is actually, uh, I made this bonus content as well because I don't usually do like TV miniseries. Usually we focus on movies almost exclusively. But... Uh, yeah, this is definitely something I wanted to cover, and they were kind enough to send me a screener uh, beforehand, so I wanted to make sure I got this out and got some thoughts out for you folks. Please go check out We Need to Talk About Cosby, January 30th on Showtime. Um, and yeah, uh, I am going to, quick plug for the next episode, uh, Joe and I, as a reminder, are going to be... Uh, talking about our most anticipated films of 2022, as well as wrapping up 2021, since we just did our top 10 favorite films the last two episodes. And then after that, I have a few new guests and surprises. Also, Matt Sosi and I are going to pick up the Ingmar Bergman marathon that we left off last year. So all that and more, we will have a lot going on. But for now, everybody, thank you so much for listening. I'm going to try to keep this short. I'm already at like 23 minutes. So uh, my long-windedness has taken, you know, its toll on the episode. I'm still doing it. I'm still lingering. I'll see you all later. Love you. Good night. Good luck. And take it easy. Mm-hmm.